DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Tim Lacombe, Utah Jazz Radio studio analyst, a former Utah and BYU staffer. Tim, good morning. Let me reintroduce myself. My name is Tim. <laughs> and this is Michelle. This is Michelle. She, she is just teaching us all how to simply breathe. She got a shout-out from George Nang in the post-game, as you well know, since you do the post-game show. So the question is, what music does it for you? Or if it's not music, although I think it probably is with you, but is there something else? Is there something else just like all the stress, all the anxiety, this happens, and it's all that stress and anxiety is off your shoulders? Yeah, there isn't one one remedy music-wise for me because I am so all over the place. It really does depend on mood and that sort of thing, but uh, I would say that uh, my favorite genre for peace, quiet, you know, when I'm out reflecting in nature uh, is probably some Tom Petty and just hit the greatest and just let it roll for about, you know, 40 songs and that'll get you through most anything. Typically, this is where you talk, PK. Oh, you want me to respond to Tom Petty? Sure. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I was wondering if you were still there, solo today, or <laughs> no? I'm here. I didn't. I thought he you guys were having a conversation. You know what's interesting about wonder- Tom Petty is he learned how to play guitar from Don Felder of the Eagles fame. Don Felder taught, took, gave lessons to Tom Petty on how to play the guitar. They're both from the Gainesville area in Florida. Hmm. And See, he uh, needed to pause real quick to, for his uh, browser to refresh. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> I read Don Felder's bio. Yeah, if it's if it's if it's got some tie into the Eagles, he's good to go. I saw <laughs> yeah. Felder the a uh, couple years ago open for open for somebody that actually opened for somebody that opened for somebody. He was third t- on the ticket, but he was really good. Felder, I saw him right across the street from the arena. What's that? The depot. Right there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I saw still him. rip that Hotel California solo. Oh, yeah. We were right on the floor. It's a very small place there. I saw him there. I've seen, a, I've seen a number of acts there. I saw my favorite group, Old Dominion, several years ago there. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Actually, I rediscovered or discovered Old Dominion. I, I got drugged to a Chesney concert. Kind of made it through that Yanni act, but... Man, Old watch Dominion your, came out and blew it away. Watch your mouth on Chester. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so George Yang's talking about breathe and all the stress and all the anxiety. And I think everybody's seen the video now of Quinn Snyder really upset in the huddle at the end of the third quarter in Detroit. Uh should there be a lot of stress around this team? What would you tell them about that? You have coached, but you've also got the perspective now of stepping away from the day-to-day grind. How could you enlighten them if you had just a few, a few minutes to talk to them and could give them some advice? What would you say? Well, you know, right now, they're, they're going through something I never had to deal with, and that's playing a season with a pandemic. I, I can't imagine the level of stress that adds, you know, the I think they've talked about it a few times, you know, in, in media sessions, but early, early tests, you know, getting up in the morning to get the tests and, um, and then really just kind of your whole life on pause, reading some of those protocol restrictions, you know, they, 
would really like it if players didn't leave their house. <laughs> they didn't have to. Um, you know, they're under way more scrutiny with this pandemic thing. But, um, you know, in all honesty, in all honesty, it's amazing what uh, a trip through that, and then, you know, the experience of having lived it, and then kind of being able to be out for a while, um, and just see all the things you do different. Um, and while you're in the middle of it, it's like it's the most important thing and everybody's talking about it. And really it's about a segment, you know, a small segment of people that really, that really care that much. Um, but, uh, I love those, those times where guys just kind of open up and talk about, you know, how they're feeling. And with this jazz team, there, there isn't a shortage of that. I think most of these guys will say how they feel. So last week was one of the more interesting weeks that they probably are going to have all season. You know, they lose two di- tough games there in New York, and then we're all down on them. So what do they do? They go to Milwaukee and win. And uh, obviously they didn't win a couple of games after that. And my thought for you is now they showed us. And so how much does the coaching staff use that as a reference point or ammunition, whatever you want to say, it's like, guys, you showed us what you could do when the chips were down. You rallied against Milwaukee and then won two in a row, three in a row overall. So we know what you can do. So how do they use that as a tool in helping this team going forward? I think experience is always the great teacher. And, you know, I think once, you know, early in the season, the coaches can try to prepare you for all the situations that you're going to encounter during the year. But it's when you actually go through them as a team and like anything, when you've actually experienced something, then like you said, there's a reference point, there's a memory created, um, you know, way early in the season. But I agree with you, PK, that, you know, most people after the loss to the Nets, the shorthanded Nets, you know, when they're without KD, um, and then, you know, to go the next night, and get beat by the Knicks, you know, with kind of their, uh, I guess it's been almost laughable the last couple of years, the Knicks, and, you know, they're in the middle of a major reconstruct. Um, It it was a time where, you know, I think the players and fans and everything, even though the league itself has really kind of beaten up each other, if you look at the standings, um, I think there is a there's some strength to be taken for sure from this last week. Uh, I think it shows really the the high points of of how this team can play and how well they can operate when they play well and play together, and then what it looks like when you go out and try to do things on your own. Um, I don't see Quinn as a big. I mean, I think Quinn definitely has these guys here, and and you know each guy to a man speaks about their respect level for Quinn. Um, so I don't know that he has to do too much. You talk about the end of the third when he slammed the clipboard down. You figure um, it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like that, you know. So anyway, I think he's a. Uh, I think Quinn's a, a guy who is. I think he's got these guys always, and he just looks for these opportunities during the season, you know, for teaching moments when they actually can go through and experience them. 
Now that you've seen a few games, you know, we can analyze some of their strengths. We've done that. They've got a dominant guy protecting the rim. They've got a slew of quality three-point shooters. That is a long list of there. they got multiple ball handlers. So I think, you know, what don't they have? What are a couple things to watch for? Um, you know, Joe Ingles, that, that seems a little worrisome. We'll see if it quiets down. He's able to play a lot of minutes. I don't know, you know, how much that was serious against Cleveland and how much it was just, hey, we really don't need him tonight. We're going to win this one. Let's just let's just take it easy on this guy and and see if we can get him a little healthier. And then maybe the ability to defend a really athletic, elusive, veteran, cagey, elite scorer on the perimeter. Uh, but but it's the NBA. Who really defends those guys that well anyway? Uh, but maybe they'd be better off if they had you know, an elite six six defender who could move as well as a six foot point guard. I, I don't know. What what do you see when you're looking for uh areas this team can be challenged? So I think what what's really important that came out of this last week is um you know the Jazz found a couple other ways to win games. Um you know Quinn talked a lot about uh after the um uh who'd we play on they all run together. Um, before Cleveland, we beat Detroit. Detroit. It was Detroit. So obviously, Quinn really praised the defense after the Detroit game um, on Sunday, and you know he talked about specifically, you know, really important in the NBA to find different ways to win games. Um, I think we have seen that this team can, you know, replicate the the good pace force move the ball and make a lot of threes and really kind of run away and hide from teams. And I think that is an awesome weapon to have. You know, it's something like you said, DJ, they've got a slew of shooters. So if they can get it going, man, they can really kind of get it going and run away and hide. What's encouraging after Sunday, and again, even with the watered-down lineup with Cleveland, is their attention and effort and focus defensively has been really good. And, And I've seen it by, you know, for each guy, I think Mike's trying harder and Donovan, um, you know, Royce is always out there battling against the, the number one option. Um, you know, Bojan is, is Bojan, but I think he's alert enough and, and got a high enough IQ. Um, and then Rudy's obviously the defensive uh, foundation for this team. Um, but as guys come in, I just see a better effort and understanding and the Jazz, you know, is presently constituted. I don't think they're ever going to just lock a guy down. And um, and like you said, Deej, this is a, the NBA. So, you know, points go fast and furious. And it's not like you're ever going to shut anybody totally down. But I think they're getting better team defensively, which bodes well for the playoffs. Because at the end of the day, you don't stop anyone one-on-one. It, it certainly helps. But you've got to have everybody on the same page. And... Uh, from my vantage point watching this team, I see better engagement, better effort, um, guys in stances, guys communicating, and that can only mean better team defense in the long run. But just a little uh, hint, he hates to be called Deej, so don't call him that. Deej, what a... Thanks, BK. I got got high-load right there. 
<laughs> well, I'm trying to help you. You don't like being called I Deej. I, I don't think you were. You, you That's not true. <laughs> you told me you don't like being called Deej. Well, that part is true. You telling Tim just encourages him to well, call Well, it was more. just kind of one of those things like DJ, excuse me, PK just ran up in the schoolyard behind DJ and knelt down. Yep, that's so it. I, I got high load. Over. Yes. No, not at all. Uh, you got, I don't know about what you got, but I have nothing but your best interests at heart. <laughs> so you got hearted. By <laughs> which, is what, what, which is what's made you guys a great duo for so many. I got, I got hearted. Expressions <laughs> that have never been used before. I got hearted. <laughs> Said no one ever. Well, I think we now need to make you a t-shirt. For your show that says I Heart Deej. Oh, he doesn't like that name. What can I tell you? I really don't. I mean, so I'm just giving you a little insight. Maybe I should have taken you off to the side behind closed doors, not out in the press. Initials DJ, are initials are DJ. not a word. Please don't add vowels. Thank you. <laughs> DJ, DJ, do you really hate Deej? I don't like it. I wouldn't say I hate it, but okay, I don't, I I don't ever, like it. I will never call you it again. Thank See? you. See? Thank you, Tim. There you go. Thank you, Tim. Again, best interest <laughs> at heart. I've taken care of a problem. Before it festered, I cut it off. Now That's back a, now back to the jazz. I'm a cutter offer <laughs> of problems. It's what I do. And, and I heart that. All right, good. Now Hey, I actually back. have a mole that's bugging me behind my ear. Oh. So I'm gonna come see you after the show. <laughs> you cut problems out. Okay, go ahead. Sure. So we've hold, seen hold uh, on. I have to throw up. I'll be right back. <laughs> we've seen the Jazz play a number of quality teams and we also follow the league. Now specifically in the West, I I really don't see any reason why they can't finish minimum third, possibly second. And maybe I'm caught up because they've won three in a row, and if they had lost three in a row, I'd think, oh, my gosh, is this team even going to make the playoffs? But I'm going to put the Lakers on another tier. And I'm to a, to a degree, I'll put the Clippers up there. I'll, I'll give – people want to make the argument for the Clippers. I'll, I'll allow that to be made. But other than that, from what I see out there, i got to figure this team has a real legitimate shot at third, if not second. Well, I mean, that's where I see them. Um, I, I really do. And from the beginning, uh, the Lakers are in a different category. But the one advantage the Jazz have over the Clippers is they don't, you know, use the kind of the, they don't manage their players that same that same way uh, all the time. It's not something they that load management stuff has not made its way to Salt Lake a ton. So. I think, you know, the, the roster as presently constituted and as guys are healthy, will play. And um, I still believe, you know, really one, two, three, or excuse me, two, three, and I would even say four. I mean, there's going to be a whole lot of, of parity teams beating each other. As you can see right now, I mean, I think the Lakers have lost three. The Celtics have lost three. And then there's a slew of teams behind the last four. Um, in both the East and the West. So it's going to be kind of fun because right now we're, if it's like a horse race, we're, we're past the 1 8 pole. Um, you know, we finished 10 games and uh, we're, we're, we're fixing to go on our second 10 here. And it's just going to be interesting 10 games at a time to see how this thing kind of jockeys around. And, um, but I'm with you, PK. I believe this team is totally 100% capable. Um, with the additions they've made and the way the guys are playing to finish uh, as high as second in the West. I, I, I totally buy that. 
When you were coaching at BYU, were there a lot of horse racing analogies? Did the word furlong get used a lot? Well, you know. No. Just <laughs> a furlong. I was trying to figure out how to use it again. Okay. I, I listen to so many, you know, because I'm doing this now, I read all these pod, or all these uh, blogs and read all, listen to all these podcasts. And I, I liked that. Somebody used the one-eighth the other day, and I thought, that's pretty cool. Kind of puts it in perspective. You're just rounding that first bend. All right. Speaking okay. your language, PK. Speaking your language. Yeah, yeah. That's a, well, depending on how long the race is, if it's a six furlong, you know, that's a short. So I think five and a half is the shortest they would go. But if it's a mile or two, well, then we've we got a good long way to go uh, as far as that goes. Hitch up for college basketball a little bit. Uh, man, how's BYU? Do they just look at it and say, wow, Gonzaga's just that good? Uh, not going to worry about those guys? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a yearly thing. Um, you know, BYU has had a, a great amount of success in comparison to the rest of the WCC against Gonzaga. Um, but the way that thing stacked up, you know, BYU being not having a game for 16 days and then figuring out how to play. Now, look, I'm not saying that's why they lost, um, but that, you know, in my mind, that, that played into it. And I think BYU kind of got more comfortable as the game went on, but um, just had just a horrific start uh, to the game. And, you know, I said it last week multiple times, but the feeling I got a lot, and it's not something I'd vocalize while I was there, but, you know, our our goal every year is to win a conference title, and you could not find those guys. <laughs> it's like chasing a ghost. Um, you know, in the, in the Mountain West Conference, we we had great rivalries, and, you know, each year you'd split, and uh, but then that team would go on and really struggle, whether it be San Diego State, you know, they'd, have, they'd struggle at New Mexico or Wyoming or this Gonzaga team just does not struggle. And when it comes to league, they just run through it for the most part year after year after year. And they may lose one here or one there. Um, but beating them and winning a conference title was always so difficult. And, um, you know, nothing's changed. That's kind of how as good as BYU is, as good as their season's been, whatever, you know, that's the that's the thing that will always kind of be there that you, you know, in your back of your mind that, the Zags are out there. You've got to beat them, and you got to have some other people beat them. And you know, in order to do that, you got to find them. And that's what we always felt like, man. We're chasing a ghost here. So, uh, Tim, both you and PK know I have not had much hope for the Utah basketball program for a couple of years now. So naturally, I don't have much hope now that they've lost twelve in a row on the road and four in a row, or twelve in a row on the road in conference play, four in a row overall in conference play, and they have blown ten point halftime leads in back to back home games, and they've blown them quickly. I don't have a silver lining. I don't have much to encourage you fans with. I think this is largely how it's going to go. However, people listening to this who want to have hope are thinking, well, Deej, you, uh, you've been wrong on some other predictions, so maybe you're wrong on this one, Cowboy. So if I am wrong on this one, why is it? Why would there be hope? Will you ask that as a Cowboy? Just <laughs> say, why would there be hope as a Cowboy, and then I'll answer. Why would there be hope as a Cowboy? No, no, no. Say it like a cowboy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to talk like a cowboy. Like you've got weed, like you've got weed in your side of your mouth. Yeah. 
guys hoping we'd get to this. <laughs> he just repeats it. <laughs> Please make this. I didn't know I was supposed to be role playing there. This has to be one of those freaking drops, doesn't it? <sighs> oh my gosh. <laughs> He okay. retains I, I his title make... as the king of unintentional comedy. Thank you. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't make you say it as a cowboy. What I was looking for is kind of like the way Reed that uh, Lloyd reads that. Come on down and have a nice. Oh, you know what I'm talking about that. So, so why? Why would there be some hope? Yeah. Why would there be some hope? Because I'll tell you what. Hope. Hope drives everything. And I agree with you. This team. This Utah team has really struggled to score in, in spurts. Um, and that's why these games, they, they play well, they get out in the lead, and then they really do struggle to score. And it's hard when you are when you don't have, you know, Plummer is a guy who can go out there and get some buckets, but again, he's kind of streaky too. Um, and Timmy Allen is a guy who can get to the rim, but isn't really shoot it great, so... I think what happens is they get out and play well, and the teams kind of adjust. And the Utes really have a, a, a hard time, um, you know, putting enough points on the board. I think that's part of their issue right now. They're playing hard, but they just struggle to score. But never lose hope, DJ. I was about to use that other name that I'm never going to call you again. <laughs> never lose hope. There's always there's always time for hope. Give us an update on Dave Rose. Uh, really good stuff, and if all goes according to plan, um, you know, he's every single day. In fact, I got a, t- a text yesterday. It's his best day that he's had. Um, still working through a lot of rehab, both in speech and um, in, in recollection and things like that, but doing awesome. Uh, I've had four or five conversations. My phone will ring throughout the day, and he'll just want to, ch- to, to chat. Um, and my hope is, from what I've understood, that uh, he'll be headed home fairly soon and, and just start, continue to do some therapy at home and kind of transition to to that. So way better news than a week ago. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, I, I'm a big believer when we all throw our heart and soul into something and um, and offer support, it's amazing what can happen. Well, we appreciate the update. That's better the news than I think we expected to hear, uh, you know, a week ago or uh, ten days ago. So that is that is good to hear, Tim. Yep, for sure. And uh, I just want to thank everybody too for jumping in and helping with that because you know, there were a lot of people that offered support, you know, in so many different ways. And anyway, it's it's good, and I'm, I can't wait to spend more time with the, the big dog. Well, Tim, we appreciate spending a little bit of time with you, and when you talk to him, tell him that we both say hello. Will you say that as a cowboy? Nope. (laughs) Okay. Nope. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. When you speak to him, tell him that we both said hello. (laughs) I will tell him that DJ said hello, and PK was a fly in the ointment. (laughs) As always. Oh, good. Well, that'll make it. That'll make it. Tell him I said howdy, partner. We's rooting for him, fixing to get better. Down in these parts, we've really been hoping you're doing good, coach. I wasn't a cowboy. That was more like a southern. I I I felt a little Louisiana or Mississippi there. I felt like you were. well, I didn't say what kind of region the cowboy had to be from. Okay, I don't know. I always, I always put the cowboy in Texas, so I don't, I don't know. Jake, will you please, 
pull that. I, I have to hear him say this like a cowboy. <laughs> that was so awesome. It's going to be archived and saved. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. Thanks for nothing, Tim. Hey, You're the man. Love you, love you boys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> That's how we should end it with all guests. All right. Get out. <laughs> uh, brother.